Good morning, Saturday morning, March the 20th, 2021. It's a joy to come to you today with today's video devotional commentary. Now, our scripture reading for today is Exodus 36. And yes, we are two days from being finished with the study of the book of Exodus. And I hope that you might have taken this journey with me as we continue a chronological study of God's Word. And so for our theme today, or our title of this devotional, it is titled, Stirred Up Workers and a People with a Heart to Give. Exodus 36. Now, Exodus 36 starts the work on the tabernacle. And it's interesting that two familiar names, Bezliel and Aholiab, uh, show up immediately in verse 1 of Exodus 36. For these are men that God had chosen to work on his sanctuary. Exodus 32, Exodus 35, and now the third time we hear them mentioned. We're reminded once again that those men, Bezliel and Aholiab, were chosen uh, not just because they were skilled, which they were, but they were chosen because they had some qualities that God valued. The first was found in verse 1 of Exodus 36. They were wise-hearted. Now, in verse 1 also, we notice it's not surprising that Bezliel and Aholiab worked with other men like themselves, men in whom, and I quote, the Lord uh, put wisdom and understanding to know the work and all manner of work of the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And so these were gifted men. These were skilled men. These were men that had a heart for ministry. These were men that uh, wanted to take their talents and serve the Lord. What a great example that is to us. Now, Moses summoned the most gifted men in Israel to work on the Lord's sanctuary. And we find that there was one prominent trait about those men. And we read in Exodus 36 and verse 2 that each man's heart had stirred him up to come and to the work to do it. So God chooses not only talented workers, but he desires that their hearts are stirred up to labor in the ministry. Without a doubt, these are men that would showed up, would have shown up on work, if not on time, earlier than necessary. They definitely wouldn't have come dragging in at the last minute or even after they should have been at the task. They were stirred up men. Now, there's another lesson that we find here also, and it's regarding the people who were giving offerings for the work. We read in Exodus 36 and verse 3, Moses received free offerings every morning for the children of Israel that were giving, and I quote, for the work of the service of the sanctuary. In fact, so much was given that the workers encouraged Moses to command the people to bring no more offerings. I doubt there's a church, a pastor, I know I've never experienced it, where so much is given that you have to say, stop giving. And so, two great examples. The first, those working had a stirred up part. The second, those supporting the work were giving so much that there was no more that was needed to be given. Well, the balance of Exodus 36, and I encourage you to read it, we'll talk about the various materials that were used, the curtains that were used, the covering of the temple. It'll talk about the veil that was within the ta uh, tabernacle itself. Now, that veil, 
blue, purple, scarlet, vine twine, and had cherubims that were embroidered on it, was uh, separating the uh, interior of the tabernacle from what is described as the most uh, holy place. Now, the most holy place is where the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat would be located. There's also the description of the curtain that acted as a door going into the tabernacle in which only the priests might would enter. Now, I want to close today's devotional and invite you to consider for a moment the veil that partitioned the outer court of the tabernacle from the most holy place. The outer court, only the priests could serve there. The inner court, only the high priest could enter once a year. And that was to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat as a sacrifice to God for his sins and for the sins of the nation. Now, here's a question. Why the partition? Well, it reminds us that sin separates man from God, who is holy and without sin. You see, we who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior have access to God, not through any merit of our own, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? In the New Testament, Jesus Christ crucified for our sins, buried, raised from the dead. He acts as our high priest in the presence of God. We're reminded as I close, Hebrews 9.22, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood. Now listen to this. Without shedding of blood is no remission. Somebody will say, well, I don't want any part of Christianity. I don't want any part of a bloody religion. Well, how foolish you are. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My friend, we are all born sinners. God's standard is the consequence of sin is death. But there is hope. And that hope is that we might be redeemed not only from the slave market of sin, but redeemed and saved from spiritual death and separation itself. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the veil that was within the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Suddenly the way to the mercy seat, the way to the Ark of the Covenant was open. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ once offered to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. There is no remission of sin, the forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Jesus Christ has done that for you and I ask you to trust him as your Savior. God bless you. Bye-bye.